0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John. And this week, we are going to be analyzing and predicting the UFC on ESPN Plus 22 card headlined by Jan Blachowicz versus Jacare Souza. This 12-fight card will take place in Sao Paulo, Brazil, taking place this Saturday, November 16th, 2019, with the first fight starting on the ESPN Plus app at 5 p.m eastern time it looks like six fights will be on the prelims with six fights on the main card starting at 8 p.m eastern time as well all 12 fights will be aired on espm plus so with that being said we will get right into the first fight of the evening in the women's bantamweight division we have tracy cortez who is six and one taking on vanessa Mello, who is ten and six the opening betting line for this one was cortez the favorite at minus 185 to mellow at plus 145. right now we are seeing cortez minus 200 to mellow at plus 170 so very interesting fight for me it's to start the, the card off i am very confident in tracy cortez in this fight it's if you do the tape uh, it's it's all there for you cortez has great takedowns she's got good top pressure she can uh, grapple for the full three uh three rounds she can take your back she has a faster rate of takedowns she can hit and M- vanessa Mello made her ufc debut last fight against Aldana. it was a not a good matchup for her but I think honestly Cortez is an even worse matchup because at least Aldana kept the fight standing gave Mello a chance but Mello looks slow she looked pretty chubby in there she missed weight by four pounds and I think she's taking this fight on short notice maybe three weeks notice Uh, so I expect Mello to miss weight again she probably didn't have much uh, time to work on anything uh, since her last loss from Aldana just a few weeks ago And I think that she'll come in here the same fighter. She won't have good takedown defense. She does not have good balance. She's been taken down in her fights uh, before the UFC by Marias. She got taken down. And um, the only way she got up from that was actually because Marias just let her up. She decided she didn't want to grapple anymore. But Melo had no idea how to escape. She spent some time on her back. And I just think there's going to be a huge, huge uh, grappling differential for uh, Tracy Cortez in this one. She's going to have the better cardio, the better takedowns, the better top game. And I really heavily favor Tracy Cortez in this fight to the point where I think she should be about a minus 400 favorite. So I think this line is off by like at least 10 to 15 percent and that means we are going to be locking in the biggest bet of the year of 2019 so far on tracy cortez and it sounds like a bold move i mean she is making her ufc debut she's fighting a woman who should be bigger than her cortez a former uh flyweight but Melo is also a former flyweight she f- fought all over the w- uh, the weight classes 25 35 even 45 and i don't think that uh, she will be much bigger i don't think that the weight will play into mellows factor i'm just very confident in cortez in this one and that's all i have to say really i'm, I'm confident in my girl tracy cortez she's gonna get this dub and uh you can check out all the uh, final bets uh, for me on my bet mma tips page which i will link on my twitter so with that being said we're going to move to the next fight another fight in the uh, women's flyweight division this time arian Lipsky, who is 11 and 5 taking on veronica macedo who is 6 3 and 1. the opening betting line for this one was Lipsky minus 110, Macedo minus 130. Right now we are seeing a pick 'em at minus 110 for both fighters. So it opened a, a near pick 'em with a slight advantage to Macedo, and right now it sits at a, a dead even pick 'em. So I understand why it's a really close fight. Uh, kind of an interesting stylistic matchup because Macedo has fought a series of grapplers. Uh, her past few fights, she got matched up with Viana, subbed her off her back. She struggled with Robertson. Uh, struggled with Andrea Lee. But Macedo's real uh, bread and butter is her striking. She comes from a Taekwondo background. She's got some nice head kicks. And I think Lipsky will give her the fight that she wants because Lipsky comes from a Muay Thai background, different type of striking. But I think these two will uh, strike on the feet with one another. If one of them is hitting uh, takedowns, it will probably be Macedo because Macedo definitely has the better ground game of the two. Lipski has struggled a defending takedowns, struggled getting off her back. But Lipski's fought some tough competition. I mean, two losses to JoJo Calderwood and Molly McCann are not bad losses at all. And I think that she still has a little bit of upside to her. And I think that if this fight stays on the feet for um the entire fight and it's a straight kickboxing kickboxing match, I actually favor Lipsky, I think she will do uh, the better work in the striking, she's going to do more damage in the eyes of the judges, she's going to be a little more active, uh, probably hitting leg kicks on Macedo and landing the better punches, and if Macedo mixes in the grappling, she could uh, very well win this one, but uh, I think that my pick is actually going to be Lipsky to get her first UFC win in this one, uh, not a confident pick at all, it's a it's a pick them for a reason it's a total coin flip of a fight i'm not betting either side in this one and i would advise you not to either i just don't think there's any value in this fight at a 50 50 price there's no real confident lean to this fight in my opinion unless you saw something on tape that i didn't but um this is going to be a lipsky decision pick for me but a no bet the next fight in the Featherweight division, we have Henan Barrow, who is 34 and 8, taking on Douglas De Silva Andrage, who is 25 and 3. The opening betting line for this one was Andrage minus 170 to Barrow plus 130. Right now, we are seeing Andrage minus 240 to Barrow plus 200. So, the more action coming in on the favorite De and at that price, it's definitely the rightful side to come in. Uh, we got both guys moving up from Bantamweight in this fight. Uh, douglas de silva Andrade, he's a kind of a mini version of john Linker. he's a little less effective though brow former champion been around for a while i think he's coming off of like five losses in a row or something absolutely insane like that yeah um he has lost uh six of his last seven fights with the only win being a win over uh felipe nova back in 2000 and what 15 so he's had a really rough run he has looked better at 45 though of the two weight classes i mean he was uh, cutting down to 135 killing himself and his performances looked pretty weak he would gas out he wouldn't be able to take punches very well but I think we've seen better things from brow at 45 and I think that this weight both of them moving up in weight definitely favors brow Burrell because brow's chin and his cardio sucks at 135 and that would have been probably an easy win for Andrade but the fact that this is at 45 Andrade wasn't a big ban to begin with and now he's going to give of 10 extra pounds I think that this is not a good move for Andrade and it actually gives a brow a kind of a winnable fight here and Brow didn't look terrible last fight. He fought Luke Sanders. He won round one. He honestly looked. The, be- the best he has in like five years in round one versus Luke Sanders but unfortunately he gassed out in round two and got lit up with some punches and knocked out cold but his body kick even some right hands were landing uh, from Brow it-, it shows that his technique is still there it's just he does not have the athleticism the cardio or the durability to, to-, to fight in the UFC anymore and it's kind of sad that the UFC has given him another fight because he was once one of the best fighters in the world and has now fallen to a- one of the worst fighters on the roster to to be honest, so uh doesn't really have a a big path to victory i mean obviously you would think he wants to touch the chin outbox brow but he doesn't have a really diverse striking attack he he kind of unloads and reloads like you all romero where he waits waits and just throws big explosive combinations and then doesn't throw anything for a while he throws the occasional kick some leg kicks some body kicks but i mean he's really primarily winging power hooks power overhands and he doesn't really have a great output so I honestly think that this is a winnable fight for brown i'm not going to go as far to pick him because i think that in the striking exchanges andrade will just be quicker he will be more accurate and Brow would really have to be on this fight for him to win. He's going to have to use that body kick, use his range, and maybe try to get this fight to the floor where he should have an advantage over Andrade and should be able to uh, not uh, be able to avoid the power punch on the feet, which is really Brow's detriment. So uh, it's a winnable fight for Brow, and I think at two to one, Brow is the value side. It's definitely dog or pass at these odds. But the people who jumped in on Andrade under two to one, I think you got a good price, and I think that Andrade does win this fight. I don't know if I would go as far to pick him to win by knockout uh, because I just haven't seen enough uh, real good, good power striking from him. And Burrell uh, fighting at 45 should have a little bit better of a chance. So I'm going to pick on Draj by decision, but um, Burrell could be live in this fight, very potentially. The next fight in the welterweight division, we have warley Alves, who is 13 and 3, taking on Randy Brown, who is 11 and 3. The opening betting line for this one was Alves the favorite at minus 182 Brown plus 140. Right now, we are seeing Alves minus 120, Brown plus 100. So line margins tightening up, and rightfully so. I think that the the betters coming in on Brown are definitely on the right side of this this fight, and it's a close matchup. It. it Alves could win it with the right game plan he's gonna have to uh, attack the leg kicks he does have good leg kicks Browns uh, suffers from leg kicks uh from time to time even in his last fight uh the fight that he was uh, winning pretty decisively versus uh, brian barbarina he was getting hit with some hard leg kicks so i just think that that's like an obvious path to victory for Alves. though like i think brown is smart enough to be able to avoid that and i think that brown has a lot of other advantages in this fight uh like his the striking i think advantage does go to brown he looked really good in that fight versus barbarina Huge improvements in his striking it looked like he knew how to use his reach for the first time He was throwing tons of straight punches He was working a good jab, throwing some stabbing body kicks and I think that we saw the best uh, Brandy Brown we ever have uh, last fight Alves did pick up a nice finish over Marias, But I mean Marias is a, an extremely low-level fighter. He had Marias beat early he was just smashing his leg He had no answer for the leg kicks and just got uh, outboxed and uh, eventually knocked out Marias in round three Uh, but if you look at the the real fight i'm looking at in this one is alvez's fight against uh, james kraus not too long ago and that was a really bad performance from alvez he didn't have success clinching he didn't have success going for takedowns and then at range he started to get outboxed by kraus he got started to get lit up with straight punches and he looked extremely frustrated he started swinging big power punches missing by a mile and it looked like he kind of kind of wilted a little bit in that round two ended up getting rocked with a big power knee and get knocked out in the second round so I, I think that that's a, a path of victory that Brown's going to want to explore he's going to want to look to um, to frustrate Alves to, to light him up with straight punches to draw out those big loopy counters and then uh, really make Alves pay I think Brown's going to do some real damage on the feet with his straight punches and his kicks Uh, So Alves' path to victory in this one is going to be hitting those leg kicks maybe doing some good work in the clinch He really uh, wins most of his fights in the clinch like the Sultan Ali uh, fight comes to mind And if Alves can can shut Brown down with the leg kicks in the clinch He should win this decision But I actually think that Brown will be able to avoid the clinch will check the leg kicks avoid being taken down Spend time on his back even if the fight does go to the floor Brown is a very competent grappler Grappler and I think that he will be able to uh, hold his own in this fight. He was out Grappled by Balaam Muhammad not too long ago, but uh, Balaam Muhammad has a great top game, great uh, wrestling game, and I think he might even be a better grappler than Alves, or from, from what we've seen in the UFC at least. So I think Brown is very live in this fight. I think he should be the favorite. I think Brown should be about minus 150, Alves should be plus 130. I just think Brown has more ways to win. He is more upside, and I think he's going to actually uh, win this fight. I'm, I don't know if I would go by TKO, but uh, yeah, I'll go by TKO because. I just think he's going to frustrate Alves. Alves is going to be hittable, and we saw Brown really have some sting behind his strikes last fight versus Barbarina. He finished Barbarina, who's a guy who was notoriously hard to finish, targeted the body, hit him with some knees, elbows, punches. It was a great performance, and I'm really high on Brown now, and I'm going to pick Brown to uh, win this fight by TKO. And I got, uh, I think, one unit on him at plus 109. Uh, might add more uh, as we go here, but uh, for now, just one unit on, on Brown, plus 109. Next fight takes place in the lightweight division we have Francisco Trinaldo who is 23-7 taking on Bobby Green who is 24-9-1. The opening betting line for this one was Trinaldo the favorite at minus 165 to Green plus 125. Right now we are seeing Trinaldo minus 130, green plus 110. So more action coming in on the underdog green side in this one. Although there is two-way action coming in on this fight because it's a really close matchup. It's probably one of the hardest matchups to pick on the card. And uh, you got Trinaldo who is getting up there in age. He's almost 40 years old. I don't know exactly how old he is, but the guy doesn't seem to, to age very much because he, he still looks very athletic. He has good power, good footwork. He's light on his feet. I mean, he is not aging uh, in a very humane way at all. So I think Trinaldo is still a very good fighter. He, his last fight, he kind of got robbed versus Alexander Hernandez, but to be honest, he kind of did it to himself. I mean, he was in a super low output fight versus Hernandez in Hernandez's hometown. And I mean, the the total strikes for that fight were like 30 to 20 for Trinaldo or something like that. So it shouldn't have been much of a surprise that Trinaldo got robbed in that, that those scorecards. But as I said before, Trinaldo kind of led to happen. And he's, he's done this before. I mean, the guy has a low output counter striking type of style and, even after losing that fight via a close decision, it's not like he's going to come out here and change his style that got him to the point where he's a twenty-three and five fighter. I think that um, Ronaldo comes out and still looks to counter punch, but he will have more abilities to counter punch versus Green. Green has a much higher output, is much more aggressive than Hernandez, and Green will be open to uh, to counters, but. Man, Green's output, his activity is going to be much better than Trinaldo's. And Green is is scrappy, man. He has a way of getting in really close fights. He's got great boxing great takedowns I mean he's very well-rounded he's a sneaky good fighter and I think that that's why you're seeing this line be so close even though he's taken on uh the, the old trusty Trinaldo in Brazil uh, because Green could make this fight ugly he could do the better work on the scorecards and if Trinaldo is, is low output like he typically is Green could come away and steal these scorecards in Trinaldo's home country of Brazil but um Man, I, it's really hard, it's a really hard fight to predict outside of what I just said there. Uh, I, I think that I think the green does do the better work uh, in these fights or in this fight, and he will get the scorecard in this one. And we might see Trinaldo land a power strike and and hurt. Um, green on the feet like he did to evan dunham not too long ago but outside of that man it's really hard to trust trinaldo's output at this point in his career to win him these rounds especially against a super active guy like green super aggressive and green likes to get in brawls though so he could uh, get that chin touch he could get knocked out but i'm actually picking him to win this one uh, via decision i think he he does the better uh does the better work throughout the fight steals the, the fight on the cards so uh it's it's a tough fight to bet at this price on i think it's dog or pass for sure but even at this price plus 110 for, for green it's looking like more of a pass for me uh he's gonna have to come in with a really good game plan himself and he's gonna have to get a little bit of luck getting the uh, scorecards in brazil from trinaldo so the pick is is green by decision but no bet for me so far the next fight takes place in the Featherweight division. We have Ricardo Hamos, who is 13 and 2, taking on Eduardo Garrigori, who is 13 and 0. The opening betting line for this one was Hamos minus 215, and Garrigori plus 165. Right now we are seeing Hamos minus minus two ninety two, Gregory 245. So much more action coming in on the favorite Hamos this one, and rightfully so. I mean, Hamos is just the better fighter everywhere. He is moving up and weight in this one to, from 35 to 45, and... He's not an extremely dominant fighter, but I, I honestly think that he's the better fighter than Garrigori everywhere. I think Garrigori's UFC debut versus Bandanae was super sloppy. He didn't show really anything good in that fight. I think Ramos will um, her, light him up with straight punches on the feet. I think he'll probably look to hit that uh, that classic spinning elbow that Ramos likes uh, throwing and on the feet. Or on the floor, excuse me, I think Ramos will have a big advantage. Uh, he should be able to hit takedowns. He should uh, hit top position. And, I man, Garrigory was taking down Bandanay and stuff like that, and he, he looked okay doing so, but uh, Bandanay is super low level. He's already cut from the UFC. Uh, Garrigori did not have great. Uh, cardio in round three he didn't have good work in the clinch uh, his striking looked pretty stiff to me honestly he looked uh, super hittable uh, keeps his chin up in the air so I think Ramos will win this one easy that's why you are seeing that heavy action coming on, on him and uh, even at minus 290 I think that there's some value on Ramos a good parlay piece or something like that wouldn't have been him straight up but uh, I think that he, he probably wins this fight at a 75-80% clip and I'm, I'm picking Ramos to win this one by decision the next fight takes place in the welterweight division. The last fight on the prelims, seven fights on the prelims. I said six in the introduction, but there are seven. We got Sergio marias who is 14, five and one taking on James Kraus who is 26 and seven. The opening betting line for this one was Kraus, the favorite at minus 190 to Marías plus 150. Right now we are seeing Kraus minus 185, Marius plus 160. So the line is staying about the same. And I really understand why. I mean, I think the odds are pretty accurately set in this one. I do favor Kraus in this one. I think that he will win this one by decision, possibly even get in the finish, because I just rate Mariah so low as a fighter. I mean, the guy is a jiu-jitsu guy. He's got great top game, but his takedowns are no good. His striking is terrible. He can't check leg kicks. He doesn't. Uh, have any boxing defense and all he does is wing overhand rights on the feet so he doesn't have good mma iq and i'm just really unimpressed with the guys the fighter meanwhile kraus hasn't fought in 15 months but his last win was over Alves, as i was talking about earlier he kraus also coaches mma full-time and just kind of fights every now and then when he feels like it every, When he, he's like hey you want to go down to brazil and knock out a, a brazilian guy yeah sure i'll do it and that's what he's doing here and i think that he will do so i don't know if he'll knock him out uh, because I think that, that knee that he caught Alves with was kind of an anomaly. He's not really a power striker, and I, I think that Krauss will win this one by decision, but... On the feet, Kraus is going to be the much better striker. He, he's got great straight punches uh, that he was lighting up Alves with. I think that they'll be there to hit Marais with too, as long as he can avoid that big power loopy punch, which he should be able to uh, very easily. He did a great job avoiding uh, big overhands and looping hooks versus Alves. So I think he'll do, uh, do it again versus uh, Marais here. And I think he has the takedown defense, the, the get-ups, the defensive jujitsu to stay off his back. The only chance i think marias has a as uh, winning this fight is if he gets an early takedown he gets top position he starts working his guard passing maybe he gets a back take somewhere along the line but i think marias is sub robust i don't think that he uh, lands that power punch in the feet and i don't think he lands takedowns in all three rounds to win this fight on the cards so uh, i'm picking kraus to win this one i think he stays off his back and outstrikes strikes in on the feet and wins this one on the cards i'm gonna go with 30 27 kraus is the pick Moving on to the main card in the middleweight division, we got Marcus Perez, who is eleven and two, taking on Wellington Terman, who is fifteen and three. The opening betting line for this one was Perez the -260 favorite to Terman at +180. Right now we are seeing Perez -115 to Terman at -105. So a ton a ton of action coming in on Wellington's Termen and I'm kind of surprised by it. I more so agree with where uh, the opening line was set where as as much more of a, a favorite for Perez. I think Perez is better everywhere I think he's got the better striking of the two he seems to have a little more power behind his punches he's got a great southpaw left body kick that I think is going to give Terman some problems and on the ground I think there's no question that Perez is the better grappler I mean he's looked better positionally he's tapped out the better guys he's got some nice uh, submission finishes while Terman does have some submissions on his record but those were not not in the UFC his one and only UFC fight versus Roberson I think is the only fight that you need to watch to, to figure out who's going to win this one I mean versus uh, Terman got an early takedown versus Roberson. he got reversed in uh, quickly after and spent three and a half minutes on his back to end the round he didn't have any submissions off his back he wasn't very urgent to get up And then he was getting outstruck in round 2 Versus uh, Roberson again Getting hit with some straight left hands And and the Southpaw body kick Two two weapons of Perez I think Are going to come into play in this matchup And then lucky for him, Roberson initiated the clinch, Terman got top position again, lost top position again, I mean, he just does not have good top position, he does not have uh, good grappling IQ, and he was able to get the takedown and get the top position in round three, get a back take, even get a close rear naked choke, but he still couldn't even finish the rear naked choke on Roberson, so I think Roberson gave Terman every opportunity to win that fight and he still couldn't do it. I honestly think that Roberson spent more time in top position and did the better uh, in the grappling exchanges than Termin. So if Roberson was able to do that, I think Perez is gonna outgrapple Termin easily. On the feet I think Perez is the much more fluid and accurate striker and more powerful too. So Maybe Terman surprises me and uh, comes comes in here and looks more competitive on the feet. The, that's where I think the biggest uh, variable variability in this fight is 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 in the striking because uh, Prez is not like a world class striker and Terman could come out here and land a power strike early. He is young and fast and his striking did look serviceable versus Roberson. I just think that Prez is better and I think that uh, from what I saw with Roberson's straight left hand and the left body kick, I think that that's going to be the for Perez to land and he should outstrike Terminal on the feet should be able to take him down and uh, possibly land a submission too so I don't know how Perez is going to do it but I I see him finishing he he really likes finishing fights and I'm going to go with Perez to get the finish and I think that he is uh, worth a a bet at this price with uh, I mean he opened up what minus 260 and now he's all the way down to minus 115 so you're getting a great line on Perez and I think he wins this one pretty comfortably next fight also takes place in the middleweight division we have antonio arroyo who is taken on andre muniz arroyo is nine and two muniz is 18 and four the opening betting line for this one was arroyo the minus 120 favorite to muniz the minus 120 favorite and even pick him and right now we are seeing muniz minus 120 arroyo plus 100 so uh uh open to near pick them right now Muniz is a slight favorite the first time i think i've seen that plus money uh next door oh no he was plus money earlier in the week but pretty shocking line honestly i mean these guys both making their ufc debut both coming off the uh, tuesday night contender series in their most two recent fights and a lot of similarities in the careers of the of these two both of them uh fought in the tuesday who's in a contender series last year. Uh, both had really lackluster performances. They looked sloppy. They fought really bad opponents, and they couldn't even finish their opponents. They won decisions, but neither got a contract both came back the next year both got some submission wins and now they both got contracts and they're uh, squaring off here in the ufc i honestly think arroyo was the more impressive of the two he can fight from both stances he's real light on his feet some in and out movement looks like he comes from like a taekwondo background or something throws a lot of kicks he uh, he's got really fast powerful kicks especially from the southpaw stance and he can cut off the cage pretty well too um when he's uh trapping his opponents to throw his kicks he got some sloppy takedowns on his opponent in that first fight. Uh, I think it was Regman, or I don't remember who it was in his first fight, but uh, that, that first fight was just so unimpressive from both of them. It's not even really worth mentioning. And then the, that second fight, the second fight was worth his, was versus Regman, and that's where he was really showing how great his kick and kicking ability was. He got taken down off of his kicks a few times, uh, off his leg kick and off his spitting back kick, uh, but he was able to get back up to his feet, and then he actually got right back up to his feet and dropped Regman with a right head kick, and uh, hunted the finish and ended up getting a triangle a few minutes later. So I was impressed with Arroyo's striking and his ability to get off his back, even though he did get taken down a little bit now moving on to Muniz, uh he's a southpaw striker and he's really looking for the grappling in this in this fight i mean he looks for takedowns in most of his fight but i really was not impressed with his takedowns uh or his top pressure i mean his takedowns look sloppy his top game didn't look very good and i mean he can snatch submissions off his back he can use uh you know an arm or an omen plata, a triangle to get back up to his feet he actually does have some decent grappling iq but in terms of his just physicality i don't see him having the grappling to hold arroyo down arroyo should be the bigger stronger guy here and has shown some decent defensive grappling and i just have not seen anything from Muniz's top game to think that he's going to be able to consistently hit takedowns keep arroyo on the ground and out grapple him so i'm going to favor arroyo to win this fight to stay off his back to keep the fight standing where he should uh implement his kicking game and likely outstrike Muniz so I think plus 100 is actually a pretty good price in this one. It's hard to get a, a really solid feel for these two because they are debutants. We have not seen much of them. We've only seen them in the Tuesday Night Contender Series in some regional fights. But uh, from what I've seen of the two, I like uh, Arroyo a lot better. And I think he actually uh, lands the knockout blow in this one. I think he probably lands a head kick somewhere along the line after Muniz gasses out, going for takedowns. And uh, the pick is going to be Arroyo. And I, like, I have not locked in a bet on him, but at plus 100, I will probably uh, lock that in. After this, uh, after the podcast, for uh, just probably one unit because he's a uh, debutant, can't go too crazy. The next fight is in the lightweight division. We have Charles Oliveira, who is 27 and 8, taking on Jared Gordon, who is 15 and 3. The opening betting line for this one was Oliveira, the favorite at minus 335 to Gordon, the plus 245 dog. Right now, we are seeing oliveira minus 410 to Gordon plus 330 so more action coming in on Oliveira. and I think that this is a crazy crazy line I mean Olivera is a guy who is known for kind of flaking in fights before he if he does not get that early sub that early finish he kind of runs out of ideas and looks for ways out of fights sometimes he gasses out later in fights and I mean he's just not a very reliable fighter and the fact that he's minus 400 over a well-rounded guy like Jared Gordon I think is pretty crazy and I think that there's a ton of value on Jared Gordon that's just right off the bat. I mean you know what you're getting from Oliveira. he's a, a wicked grappler I mean he's got the most I think the most submissions in UFC history he's a finisher at heart and he's actually getting his striking a lot better too I mean he lit up uh, Olivera or he lit up uh, Nick Lentz in his last fight eventually getting that that knockout with that straight right hand in the second round so o- Oliveira is dangerous man he's he's dangerous on the feet and he's super dangerous on the ground but uh Jared Gordon is, is very well-rounded, as I was mentioning. He's got good boxing, good kickboxing. He uh, might come from a wrestling background. He's, he can hit offensive takedowns. He can get off his back. A little bit of a worry that he had a close uh, round one and round two with Dan Moret last fight, but... I think that uh that was just a tough fight. Moret came out strong. He withstood the early storm and still won that fight pretty comfortably. I think one judge gave Moret round one, but um eight of the nine rounds that were scored went to Gordon in that one, so um I think I just think that Oliveira just can't be trusted this much at minus four ten. I mean, Oliveira fought a teammate of of Gordon's, Paul Felder, not too long ago, and Paul Felder was locked in in a pretty tight Dars in that fight, and he was not defending well. He was not doing the right things. He was actually kind of making it easier for Oliveira to finish the or to finish the Dars, and Oliveira still didn't finish it. And then when Felder got his head out of the dars, Oliver looked a little defeated. He started eating ground and pound on the bottom. He got taken down. I mean, he kind of fell down in round two from like an elbow. He got hit with an elbow and like took a knee. Got, got smashed with elbows on bottom for an absolutely brutal knockout so i mean if Oliveira does not get that early finish versus gordon here you know look for him to start looking for ways out and we have not seen it in a while he's on a five fight win streak the dude is rolling through competition but i think jared gordon is a particularly tough matchup because he's a very serviceable grappler uh, i think that he uh has the better jujitsu than Paul Felder. And if Paul Felder was able to defend the chokes, we're kind of MMA math in here. I think that Gordon will be able to defend the chokes of Oliveira. Now Oliveira does have more dangerous submissions, Renika chokes, guillotines, and stuff like that. And I think the Darce is probably one of his, lo- uh, the Dars and the Anaconda are one of his lower submissions or lower percentage submissions. But uh, even on the feet in this one, I think that it'll be really competitive. Oliveira should have a speed advantage, and Gordon is a bit hittable. But I just think Gordon can make this fight ugly. He can withstand that early storm, and he can look to finish uh, Oliveira late or win rounds two and three. So I expect Oliveira to come out strong, likely win round one. But if he does not get that finish in round one, I'd say Gordon should be a good live betting spot. And I think that Gordon um, possibly could win this fight. I'm actually going to pick him to do it as a plus 330 dog. And uh, it seems a bit crazy, but... Gordon has trained or trains Consistently with Paul Felder And with Anthony Pettis two guys who Have victories over Charles Oliveira He's going to be getting that knowledge on, on How they beat him he's going to get some insights Into their their game and uh, You know Rufus Board is a great camp I think they'll come into this fight prepared with Gordon And I think Gordon pulls off the huge Upset in this one plus 330 and I think Gordon's worth the whole one unit bet At plus 300 I just I think he will fight For your money and even if he loses this Fight I think he looks like more of a plus 170 dog or plus 200 dog and all the way to that plus 330 so the pick is actually going to be gordon to get this fight done uh, i'm going to go with the second round knockout uh huge upset come from behind victory likely loses early olivera gasses out and gordon gets the finish late The next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division the co-main event of the evening we have mauricio shogun hua who is 26 and 11 taking on paul craig who is 12 and 4. the opening betting line for this one was shogun the minus 215 favorite to paul craig at plus 165. right now we are seeing shogun minus 280 to craig at plus 240 so even more action coming in on the heavy favorite shogun's way and it's a bit surprising honestly i mean i would not trust shogun anywhere near that price shogun was supposed to take on sam alvey in this fight much much different stylistic matchup than craig alvey's a low output striker and craig is a a pretty high intensity grappler i mean he he not the greatest grappling right i mean he's not the greatest fighter but the guy comes in he fights hard he never quits never ever quits you can beat his ass for 14 minutes and he'll still come back and submit you. So he is, he's, I mean, Craig's a great fighter to watch. I mean, this dude just fights hard. Sometimes the fights are sloppy and ugly, but I mean, he really has an incredible will and he, he just refuses to lose in there sometimes. So, i think that shogun is the better fighter technique for technique at range uh shogun should be the better striker should be landing hard punches on craig but i think craig is going to be not giving shogun any space he's going to be constantly looking for those takedowns trying to grind shogun up against the cage and we haven't seen shogun defend too many takedowns his last time that he really had a grappling heavy fight was versus Corey anderson all the way back in 2016 I actually had Anderson winning rounds two and three of that fight, but Shogun did a decent job stuffing some takedowns Did an okay job getting back up to his feet when he's at when he's in space when he's in the center of the cage He does not defend takedowns very well. I mean he's 30 something years old He really can't have great wrestling base about him anymore But when he's against the cage, he can use the cage to, to defend the takedowns to get back up to his feet sometimes And he's just a veteran of the cage uh, So he, he finds ways to, to defend takedowns in some in some crafty ways so I think that Craig will be coming out here desperately looking for those takedowns. We'll probably be eating some hard shots at distance and in the clinch. And we could see that knockout blow land from Shogun and put Craig out. Maybe land some hard hammer fist elbows or some hammer fist from top position if Craig flops to his back. But I don't see it, honestly. I see Craig pulling off another upset. I'm going with two upsets in a row, two big ones too. Craig sitting in at plus 240 here. I just don't think that Shogun will be able to keep Craig off him. He's going to be constantly latching on to, to Shogun, draining Shogun's arms out. And I just think that Craig has the much better cardio of the two. He's fought more actively. He's gone the full three rounds more recently. And I think that... I just think that his cardio is going to be better, and I don't think that Shogun's going to be able to keep up with that grappling pace. He's not going to be used to it. Shogun hasn't fought in eleven months. I mean, he's coming off of a, a decent victory over Pedro, but I mean, he was getting lit up with punches in that first round versus Pedro. I mean, he was taking them. He looked. He hung in there. He didn't get knocked out like he did versus Smith. But uh, and then. Sh- pedro gassed out uh, shogun landed a couple of decent takedowns he got some top position but pedro was just a bum of a fighter he ended up injuring himself and that kind of led to the finish in round three but shogun is still a very competent fighter he could win this fight and make me look stupid for picking craig in this one but i'm actually gonna pick craig to uh, to grind this one out and i actually think he's gonna get that round three uh finish somehow it's gonna be hard to submit uh shogun but Someone, uh, someone. I saw someone say this online. If if Chael Sonnen can do it, then Paul Craig can do it, and I like that sentiment. So I'm gonna pick uh, Paul Craig to get the third round submission. I mean, that's what the guy does. Third round sub. So uh, Craig is the pick at plus 240, and uh, I'd say he's worth uh, worth a money line value bet, no doubt might uh you I mean even if you don't jump on him pre-fight I think that uh Shogun could win round one and then gas out in rounds two and three and you could get a good price on Craig after round two too or after round one as well so pick us Craig to get it done now moving on to the main event of the evening in the light heavyweight division we have Jan Blahovic who is 24 and 8 taking on Ronaldo Jacare Souza who is 26 and 7 the opening betting line for this one was Blahovich minus 185, Soza plus 145. Right now we are seeing Blahovic minus 165 to Souza at plus 145. So more action coming in on the slight dog Shogun or the slight dog uh, Jacare's way. It's actually two way action coming in on this fight. I think the early action came in on uh, Blahovic, but recently in the past actually 24 hours, there's been more action coming in on Sozo and. I get the action coming in on Souza. He is a very, uh, Still a very competent fighter. I mean, he's a great fighter still, even though he's getting up there in years. He came off that loss last fight to Hermanson, but even in that fight versus Hermanson, he lost rounds one and two pretty dominantly. Got dropped in round one, almost got submitted in round one. Defended well, got taken down off a leg kick in round two. Spent four minutes on his back, but then came back in round three and he started making some adjustments. Started punching into the body a little bit more, and he had success with that. He won round three. He dropped round four on activity to Hermanson, and then actually came back and won round five. So the dude has uh, some adaptability in him still. I mean, he was losing that fight pretty decisively early and then came back and made, made it a fight in those last three rounds. So uh, respect to Jacare, he's still making improvements. I think his boxing has gotten a lot better over the past few years. Yeah, He started digging into the body a lot, which had him a lot of success, especially versus Chris Weidman i mean him versus chris wyden was a a straight boxing match a a high output boxing match and uh, jacaray came up on top getting that third round knockout in impressive fashion so just coming down to this fight though Ray is moving up to a 205 and we've seen how this move goes a few guys have had success um anthony smith had success and uh Tiago Santos had success. and we see guys who were former world champions, Chris Weidman and Luke Rockold, who are not having success, getting knocked out uh, by these bigger uh, light heavyweights. So I think that Jacare was chasing that 185-pound title for his whole career. He didn't get it. He, he actually admitted, like, hey, if I can't beat Jacare Manson, I think I might have to hang things up. And then he lost to Jacare Manson. And now he's moving up to 205. So I, I kind of see it as a bit of a desperation move from Jacare. I mean, I hate to say it because the guy is just such an incredible fighter. Uh, Hall of Famer, no doubt. But... Uh, I, I don't like this move for Jacare. I think he's going to be undersized, just like Rockhold and just like Wyman were. I mean, Blahovich just fought Rockhold. And even though they were the same in size, even though they were the same height, maybe the same reach, they weighed in the same, Blahovic was just stronger. He was used to fighting at 205. He used his size better. He defended the takedowns of Rockhold, and he was able to keep the fight standing, land some good uh, strikes in the clinch, hurt Rockhold at the end of round one, and then eventually knock him out with a left hook in round two. So Blahovich's takedown defense looked great. He looked good in Clint versus Rockhold. And Blahovic has struggled in the past getting taken down. He got taken down a lot by Cummins and by Alexander Gustafsson a while back and lost those fights via decision and you're gonna hear people say hey Blahovich got taken down by Cummins he's gonna of course he's gonna get taken down I mean that was two or three years ago I mean he's gotten so so much better since then I mean he was gassed out in that fight we have not seen Blahovich gas out since then he actually looked incredible in round three versus Jimmy Manawa so uh, I think that Blahovich is the the more well-rounded fighter of the two I mean I mean it, it's close because technique for technique they they're very evenly matched but like. Like I was saying earlier, Blahovich is used to fighting at 205. He's used to fighting these big boys. It's going to be a, a step down fighting a guy of a Jacare's size. And I think that Blahovic uh, will have more success in, in all realms of the fight. I think he's going to be landing the harder punches on the feet. He's going to be uh, using his jab a little bit better. I think that as long as he can avoid... Uh, getting in a pure boxing match with Jacare, I think that Blahovic should win this fight. He's going to mix in the clinch, maybe even look, in to, look to mix in an offensive takedown. I think if anybody's hitting takedowns in this fight, it's going to be Blahovic. I don't see Souza uh, having the wrestling advantage to take down a big uh, big old guy like uh Blahovic and even if he gets get taken down, uh Jacare was not able to submit Kelvin Gastelum with about 3 minutes of top time not too long ago and Blahovic's defensive grappling is a lot better than Gastelum. So, I don't see Souza getting the, fin- the the submission on the ground. I don't see Souza getting the decision on on this cards. I don't think he has the a good enough output. Although, he could win some rounds just landing the harder punches on the feet if this one is a pure striking match. Uh, I think Sosa's best path to victory is getting that knockout. I mean, if he sits down on his punches, those body punches, those overhand rights to the head like he did versus Wyman, he he could be a nightmare for Blahovic and but I honestly don't think this fight ends via via finish at all. I actually think this one goes to the cars. I think that we'll see the them kind of feel each other out for a little bit. Show each other some respect. And then I honestly don't think that we'll ever see them really let go in this one. I don't, I don't think this will be a good fight for some reason. I mean, I love both of these guys. They're both incredible fighters. But just the way they match up, I just don't see them being a, uh, an extremely exciting fight. I see it going to the scorecards. I see... Uh, I see Blahovic winning about three, maybe even four rounds from from uh, Jacare in this one. I think that the size advantage for Blahovic is going to be uh, a big factor for him, and I think Blahovic is just the much more uh, fresher fighter at this point in their career. Jacare is kind of making this 205-pound uh, move up 20 pounds in weight as like that last uh, last ditch effort, and I don't think it's a good move. So uh, I'm going to pick Blahovic to get this one done, and, and look out for that money to keep coming in on Souza because Blahovic is getting near playable. Um, I don't think i'm gonna bet this main event maybe go some props maybe i, th- I saw uh the t- tipping that uh fight starts around three is minus 120 which seems like pretty good odds maybe the over in this fight too so i think this fight goes to the cards i don't think it'll be a very p- uh, exciting one but an extremely technical match between the two i think Blahovich wins this one 49 46 so we flew through the fights this week only 43 minutes uh i think i had a pretty good grasp on them and there was no need to drag things on so we just got right to the point point. and uh, after this we actually have a little bit of a break the first ufc break in a long long time i think we had like 12 ufc events in a row or something insane like that uh i think we're off for uh, i want to say three weeks after this which is just insane to think i mean the last time we had a three week break was was january so yep december 7th is the next card so no cards for three you no ufc cards for three weeks might do a podcast sometime in between then but it's been about 12 12 episodes uh, in 12 weeks so it's been a hard grind hope you all have enjoyed uh, each and every one of these podcasts and hope you all enjoyed the the break from the ufc in the next couple weeks do something on your saturday nights for a change and uh thank you all for listening to this episode hope you all enjoy the card this weekend and i will see you in a few weeks peace